surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is your host, Taylor, and this week is my birthday and I'm turning 27. have all kinds of feelings and, and thoughts and lots of things I'm processing around this, but y'all know I talk a lot about being a cancer and I'm really excited because I feel like I resonate a lot with everything I've ever read about being a cancer, but I haven't really dug deep into astrology itself. So today I'm super excited. My guest is Kira. She's the astrology on Instagram and she's a writer. She's a creator, an educator. Um, she also actually founded and created uh, NFLUX magazine, which is an astrology and culture mag that centers POC, queer, queer folks and femmes in art activism and healing. Um, you also wrote a book that was all about Pisces. Um, you just seem to do a lot within the astrology community and a lot for um, queer and people of color folks within the astrology community. Um, you know, just from following you, I'm like, you're super cute. I feel like I vibe with you and uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time to, to meet with me today and to also do this reading. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. Um, I would love to learn just like a little bit more about you before you like tell me all this information about myself <laughs> um, and would love to know just like what got you into astrology in the first place. Yeah, that's that's an interesting story, I guess, because I don't even <laughs> know when it truly began. I've like from as long as I can remember, I've always known I was a Scorpio, mm. um, always been very proud of that fact. Mm -hmm. Um but I do remember when I was around like eight or so, my dad had me memorize all the planets from their like distance from the sun. He's always been like a space nerd. Um, okay. And so the language of like the planets, the vocabulary has like, kind of always been there for me. Um, hmm. And then I've always been obsessed with birthdays. Like, yeah. um, it's just been like a thing. I've always, since I was a little kid, like I knew everyone's birthday. I remember kids' birthdays from like pre-K. I just, it's just mm -hmm. a thing. Um, and yeah, I always knew that birthdays were important. I always knew that the time I was born was important for some reason. Um, I recently found like a note I wrote to myself when I was like eight or something and I signed it with my full birth date and birth time. <laughs> I don't, I didn't know about astrology then, but for some but reason. But you were in it. I was just in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then when I was around like 12 was when like the internet was like a thing and I started researching, mm -hmm. um, like what signs were most compatible with one another. Cause oh, yeah. I was boy crazy. We've all done that. If anyone <laughs> listening right now is like, mm, that was me, you're lying. Yes. And that's the thing I got made fun of for it in school, but now those same people are like coming to me for reading. So Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I've been I've been in it for a while, but um I saw my birth chart for the first time in 2012 mm -hmm. and that 
moment I'll never forget. And I didn't sleep at night. I just started researching and kind of never stopped. <laughs> wow. Am I not going to be able to go to sleep tonight after this? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then within this, uh, there was something that you had wrote on your Instagram in one of your posts. Uh, you said that increasing access to astro, tarot, magic, and spiritual tools to more people, black and brown folks, disabled folks, young folks, and economically disadvantaged folks is part of uh, your aim and that you want to embody that mission in the work that you do. Um, I know why that's important. Like, I don't think that's not important, obviously, but I would love for you to touch a little bit on just kind of like where in your journey throughout this did you find that this was going to be one of your goals specifically um, within the work that you do? Yeah, I think, well, I guess in the past couple of years, especially like living in Brooklyn, I Mm -hmm. um, started to kind of like find my people, so to speak so to speak, and that yeah. um, I just started connecting more with spiritualists and healers and especially Black and trans mm-hmm. and queer um, and like other POC, QT, POC um, yeah. healers in Brooklyn and realized like this is, these are my people. <laughs> like these mm-hmm. are the people that I want to help support and uplift and celebrate mm-hmm. And, um, those were the people that were offering me the most support that I've ever received in my life. And, um, yeah, I think just coming from that space, just kind of making that the center of my focus in terms of like what I want to bring to the astrology community and, um, yeah, like the healing spiritual community in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when I think about it, I mean, literally this morning before we started to record, I got an email, um, get so many emails of people requesting to be on the pod. And every time it's a white woman, every single time, there's been a few men, but every time it's these like PR companies that are repping these white women. And the one this morning was all about like spiritual healing. And then it just makes me think again, like, commercially, when we see the representations of the people doing this kind of work, it is incredibly whitewashed. But then even as I was thinking about it, as I was reading through this stuff, this is probably my own bias. And I'll acknowledge this is a bit of judgment as well. Um, that the first thought that comes to my head is like, what the fuck do you know about having to get in touch with spirituality? Like, And, you know, when I put on, like, my empathy hat, I'm like, yeah, obviously, like, everyone can experience pain in their life and everyone can, you know, search and and find healing through spirituality. Totally. But when I think about the people that have, A, really had to, like, struggle, really had to overcome, really had to find healing and spirituality as a piece of that, it's frequently the the folks that have been marginalized, frequently the folks that have really, really had, like, the world fucking go against them and experience that pain. So then to me, I'm like, just what, do I really want to hear from this straight heterosexual, what like cis white woman about her spiritual journey with my judgment hat on? I'll acknowledge that right now. Like, I'm sorry. I know I'm hurting people's feelings no, right now. I love it because I'm but- like looking at your chart and I'm like, this is so, it, it makes a lot of sense. I love it. <laughs> Am I acting in alignment with my chart right now? <laughs> so so much so, so much. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I would love to get into some of this then. Um, I'm kind of nervous. Uh, but... Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. It's but nothing we'll that you we'll already do, that you don't already know. I promise you that. It's more likely going to be very affirming and validating um, okay. more than anything. Not scary. Yeah. So I know like most of the things that I've shared about being a cancer and that I resonate with around being a cancer is that we're very empathetic. We're nurturers. Um, we have a heart, we're the crab. So we have like a hard shell and the soft gooey inside. Um, <laughs> and we're big on like home life and we're big on family. We're really big on loyalty. Like we are nice and loyal, but if you cross us, Mm-mm. Like you gonna regret it. Um, <laughs> I would say that's kind of like the gist of what I would know about cancers. And mostly I've dated Sagittarius's. My longest relationship with was a Virgo. Uh, currently in a romantic-ish relationship with an Aries. Ooh, I love that for you. And... <laughs> It's the first thing I read when I looked up uh, Aries and cancer compatibility was like the sexual compatibility was real high. And I was like, that's accurate. Um, so <laughs> that's about my my knowledge of this. So would love to hear, you know, my birthday is July 10th, 1993. I was born at 3.10 p.m. in Bridgeton, New Jersey. Yeah, so... What that means is you were, when you were born, um, the sign Scorpio is rising on the east. And um, so pause. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What does the rising signs, the moon signs, Mm -hmm. can you help educate us on this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, like, the, the sun, you know, the sun travels around um, the zodiac belt from our perspective on Earth. So mm-hmm. I guess to break it down even further, if we were to, you know, if we were like just on a flat land somewhere, there was nothing obstructing our view and we were to look um, at the night sky, we would see <clears throat> a band of constellations. Mm-hmm. And um, those constellations are called the zodiac belt. I mean, there's other constellations outside the Zodiac Belt, but um, the Zodiac Belt is where we see the planets um, move through. So, like, the planets kind of stay in this kind of band, um, Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, they don't really stray outside of this, this, like, band of sky, basically, and that band is is the Zodiac Belt. Um, Hmm. And so, so, yeah, like, at any given time... Um, we can look out on the east and see what sign was rising. And just so you know, um, where the constellations are now is not in alignment with what we tropical astrologers, Western astrologers um, would consider what the signs are now. So basically, like if you look at the sky and you see like the Cancer um, constellation, that's not Mm -hmm. really where Cancer is according to the way that Western tropical astrologers look at the sky. I'm not going to get too much into it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. just so you know. Um, But anyway, so at any given time, um, the planets are in a certain sign. There's 12 signs. We divide up the sky in 12 different um, signs. And right now the sun is in cancer. And Mm -hmm. so at sunrise, 
the sign Cancer is rising on the east. That's where the sun is. Um, mm. And at any given moment, there is a sign rising on the east. There's one setting on the west. That's going to be the opposite of the one on the east. Um, and so when you were born, you were born, um, you know, when the sun was pretty high up in the sky, a um, little I guess a little more than a little bit afternoon, but you know, in, mm-hmm. in the late after, or, yeah, late afternoon, and yeah, the the constellation, or sh- I shouldn't say constellation, sorry, the sign <laughs> Scorpio yeah. is rising um, on the east, and so, hmm. and then also the moon was in Aries, and so that's when people are like, "What's your sun, moon, and rising?" That's usually what people, you know, who are a little bit more know more than their sun sign, they usually know their sun, moon, and mm-hmm. rising. Yeah, and, they're deep. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, some people call it the big three. I like to call it the SMR. Um, hmm. That's not a thing. That's something I tried to make a thing and it didn't really work. <laughs> okay, no, we'll make this a thing. SMR. With so my, SMR, right? So um, my S is like cancer. Cancer, yes. My M is Scorpio. M is moon, um, which is Aries. Aries. And then you're rising a Scorpio. So basically, like, I'm a Cancer, but I also have Aries and Scorpio in me. Exactly, exactly. Which is, I'll get into it, but that really does, like, color your Cancer sun a lot. Um, hmm. okay. So, so yeah, your, your sun sign, which is, you know, you're a Cancer, I'm a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like your essential energy. That's almost just like your, your main personality. It's how you express yourself. Um, it's your particular type of intelligence even is your sun sign. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like, just like your essential being and like how you shine and the ways in which you shine. Um, your, your moon sign is more of like your internal instinctive self. So it's going to be how you immediately respond and react to things, especially things that kind of trigger you emotionally, whether that's like happy, sad, mad, whatever. Um, hmm. You're going to you're gonna act out your moon sign. Um, your moon sign is, I mean, the moon is, there's so much to it, but I, I can say it has a lot to do with your body. Um, hmm. And also like it's, it's your really, it tends to be your relationship with your primary caregiver. Often, most times that's the mother. It's not always the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas the son tends to be more like your relationship with your father and how you view your father. Again, it's not, it's not always hmm. mother and father, but yeah, typically it tends to be. Um, yeah. And because I know, because mm-hmm. I know that cancers like we're very emotional, like we're ruled by by the moon because right. we're a water sign so we're very emotional but then because my moon sign is an aries how i like react to things internally is more from the place of an of an aries yes exactly i also okay. have an aries moon so um okay. we have that in common um and to have your moon like an aries moon ruling your cancer sun like that really is going to color the way that your cancer sun act so like yeah typically a cancer sun is very sensitive and emotional and um you could say moody um yeah because you could say that (laughs) (laughs) well if you think about it like the moon is the fastest moving planet um it changes signs every two and a half days 
And so with the moon like ruling over your personality or your self-expression and it changing signs so quickly, like time. you're you're gonna be changing too. Um hmm. and then to have an Aries moon, your your instinctual and emotional responses are gonna be um very like just that instinctual, like you're not, it's not really a lot of thinking when it comes to Aries moons. It's just like immediately feeling. Um, and Aries moons tend to cycle through emotions very quickly. Aries mm-hmm. is a very like quick and fast sign. Um, hmm. And yeah, I mean. Kind of impulsive, I've heard, very, I think. Yes, very impulsive, very yeah. um, like instinctual. Like you just do, you act instead of, it's like the just do it. That's actually very, yeah, the guy that is an Aries that I talked to, he's very spontaneous and just like... It's it's kind of black black and white like it's just like we're doing it or we're not doing it like it's yeah. happening or it's not happening <laughs> and I'm like okay yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing about your Aries moon too it kind of helps you um, like not stay stuck on certain emotions like you can like it's not that you don't you know ruminate on things or whatever because you do have mm-hmm. a Scorpio rising but the Aries moon okay. at least like when you when you're feeling something really intensely, um, it's not really like you're going to be sitting with that for like days and days and days. Like usually you can kind of cycle through those feelings um, a little bit like quicker than, you know, maybe a Scorpio moon or like a Hmm. Aquarius moon even. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. That makes, that makes sense because I know even as a cancer from what I know that it's like, I, Again, with like the loyalty piece, right? That we can be very forgiving cancers, but then we also can have this very hard shell and be like, mm-mm. So I know very little about Scorpio, but the fact that you said that that's like part of my Scorpio uh, rising, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, that that makes sense. What I do know about Scorpios is that they're like very cut and dry and like a little... I don't even know. Confrontational? Is that the right word? That like Scorpios are like, you don't want to fuck with a Scorpio. <laughs> is basically what I know. I, I personally don't think Scorpios are confrontational as much as maybe say like Aries is. Both are ruled by uh, the hmm. planet Mars. So Mars is actually really important in your chart. And we can talk about that. You have Mars in Virgo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think, well, well, we can talk about the rising sign. So your rising sign mm-hmm. is... Um, it's very important. I think um, people don't really know that so much that the rising mm. sign is super, super important. Um, it's if you think about like the Eastern horizon, that's where the sky meets the earth, heaven meets earth, or you can say spirit meets matter. And that's where, when you were born, you, you know, taking your first breath and you're independent, you're separate from your mother. Um, and that's when you become you. And so that the horizon, the Eastern horizon represents this moment of birth. Um, it's also where mm-hmm. like the sun rises, you know, and it, it represents the entrance of your spirit into your body. And so um, what it, it astrologically, I guess I could say it me it's, it kind of represents your, your outward energy, like the energy that you kind of just bring into a space that it has a lot to do with the way you look, the way you dress, like literally your body 
um, mm-hmm. your appearance, your, I like, to, I like to call it your vibe. It's just kind of yeah. like the vibe that you bring to a space and that also like the vibe that you live your life on. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, the rising sun is super important. And to be a Scorpio rising... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 10 Scorpio risings are extremely alluring and magnetic. Um, Scorpio as a sign is, you know, it's a water sign and, um, like cancer, it's a water sign, but Scorpio is, it's fixed water. And so kind of imagery of like a well or like a lake water, that's not like moving and rushing um, and it's deep. It's very, very deep. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, Scorpio rising tends to be super um, alluring and almost like, yeah, I think magnetic is a really good way of putting it. Um, it also just means that like you move through the way that you move through life is tends to be at a slower pace. Um, despite, you know, having an Aries moon and a cancer sun, there is like a, there is like a, a pace to your life. That's not super erratic, um, mm-hmm. or unstable. Even things might be unstable at certain times, but mm-hmm. in general, um, yeah. I don't know. Do you have hmm. any, any other questions about that? <laughs> yeah. So when I think about like my vibe, I don't know. Like to some, certainly I could be that alluring magnetic, uh, force that you described. Um, and I, I recognize like the depth, which I think is also partially like a seriousness that I bring to myself sometimes that I have to like challenge myself to step out of, which I think probably is where that Aries comes in. And I'm like just a little more impulsive and, and spontaneous in that way. Um, but I didn't realize that Scorpio is also a water sign um, and that it's more still water. And I've, I've even thought about this where, okay, I'm a cancer, I'm a crab. That's like, you know, the waves and the tides. And like, I, for whatever reason, thought to myself of like, well, I should really love being in water then. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, I'm like, I like being on a lake. I like being in still water. Like I don't fuck with the ocean. Mm-hmm. I don't like, no, uh, I'll put my feet in, but I'm like, I don't fuck with that. Uh, so then I'm like, am I really a true water sign? Cause like I should be wanting to be in water. <laughs> no, I mean, for cancers, especially I think baths are like, just yes. like key for yep. cancer. Um, yep. but yeah, no, I understand that. And I think another good word to describe Scorpio energy, especially Scorpio rising is mysterious. And that like, if you think about like a lake or like water that you don't, you don't know how deep it is. Right. So you want to get underneath the surface and, um, and kind of like explore the complexities of life and, Mm -hmm. um, the mysteries of life. Yeah. That's very Scorpio. That's my one ex referred to me as like the 50 shades of Taylor that like I just there were so many different layers of things and then my other ex was like the Taylor 101 rule book of like all these all these different parts of myself that I would explore um so that makes sense that that's more of a Scorpio type of vibe which I hadn't 
hadn't put a lot of thought into because I'm egocentric and I'm like, I just want to know about cancer because I'm a cancer. <laughs> well, I will say this. If you, if you're reading, like if you read a horoscope, read for cancer and Scorpio. I think Scorpio, when you read for your rising sign, it tends to be more um, accurate for your like life, basically. Mm. So not just your sun, but also your rising sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I would love to hear more about the, the SMR. Any other last points on that? Yeah. So um, your chart, so you have your rising sign, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's really important. The planet that rules your rising sign is also super important. And that kind mm-hmm. of becomes like your avatar, um, your ruling planet is what we would call it. Um, but it really does like represent you as a person. And it's, it's like the planet that you want to look to um, <clears throat> for being like a major cause of events in your life and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. for you, Scorpio is ruled by the planet Mars yeah. and you have Mars in Virgo. And Ooh. so, and it's, and it's in your 11th house, which is um, a place that has to do with community and friendships and mm. um, like alliances and, you know, being a part of something that's bigger than you basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, with Mars being your chart ruler, uh, and Mars and Virgo, especially, I think Mars and Virgo is one of my favorites because, um, it's so, it's like having surgical precision. That's like a very yeah. Mars and Virgo thing. Yeah. Cause Virgos <laughs> um, are very like, they're focused on like efficiency, right? That they are like organized, <laughs> or yes, I mean, I wouldn't say every Virgo is organized, but there yeah. is a sense of like needing to understand a system and then like kind of master a system so that, mm-hmm. you know, you can run as efficiently as possible. There's this, um, yeah, there's this element of like weeding out, like cutting the fat basically and like weeding out anything that's not useful to your ultimate goal. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just wanted to note that, but like, you do have this very strong Virgo energy in your chart. Hmm. Someone might look at your chart and be like, oh, Mars and Virgo, like whatever. But the fact that it's your chart ruler makes it kind of like brings it up to center stage and makes it a super important player in your chart. Hmm. And, and Virgo is like one of the top signs that cancer is compatible with too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's hmm. a very compatible so yeah, did you say you dated a Virgo before? Yeah, that was my longest relationship. Yeah. We were together for about three years. And I even, oh, I should have grabbed it. I actually don't know where it is. For <laughs> We met like my first night of undergrad. And um, for, I don't remember if it was our six month or one year. It might've been Christmas even. Um, I made him like this canvas and it had like the, the cancer and Virgo. And I think, I don't remember if I wrote it out or if I found it, but it was like this poem of like compatibility of like the cancer woman and Virgo man. And I totally forgot that I did that until now, but yeah, it was, I for sure was like, we're compatible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's really compatible. Like earth and water is compatible with one another. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah. And I mean, even just the way, like, cause after him, I basically, or even before and after him, 
I've dated so many Sagittarius and I'm like, I'm playing myself. I don't know why I keep doing this, but it's like, it just, it comes in my life. And then I'm like, of course you're a Sag, of course. And this is where I'm like, for people that are like, you know, oh, well, astrology, you know, it's just like guesses and it's so vague and whatever. I'm like, no, people do have certain energies that you are then attracted to. And it's not like I'm seeking out Sages, but they just keep popping up in my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. clearly, it's not a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see looking at your chart why you're so attracted to Sagittarius. It's like your your Venus is in Virgo, which is opposite Sag. Mm-hmm. Um, your Moon's in Aries, which has a trine to Sag, so they're both fire signs. There's a lot of um, synchronicity there. You have your Jupiter in, mm-hmm. in Libra, which is also compatible with Sag. So it makes sense to me. Um, I don't know if it's best for you for the long term. Nope. But... Nope. I, let me tell you, I figured that out. That's a hard no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Virgo, Virgo is definitely, I mean, just, you know, obviously we're not together anymore, but we still have a fantastic relationship. And I always think if I were to ever have had a pregnancy scare or like had a kid and have to co-parent with any of my exes, he would have been the one. And we've talked about this where we're like, yeah, we like would have co-parented together really well just because our compatibility was really strong. Like, I think part of it too, I mean, we're also both therapists. Like we were in the same programs together, interested in the same things and so could have some of that communication. Um, But yeah, just the way that we balanced each other out and the way that uh, like, you know, the strengths that he brought versus the strengths I brought, like it just, it flowed really nicely. And I don't think I've had that since, I mean, somewhat now with my Aries guy, but I don't know. Have you dated other therapists before or like since then? No. I could see you being, I could see why you're attracted to people who at least know how to like hold space and and go deep. Cause like, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that you... You're someone that, I mean, obviously you do that a lot for other people. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for you to have someone that can do the same for you. Yeah. And most of the guys I've dated since have been Sages and have been entrepreneurs, have been Mm -hmm. in startup life or have wanted to start their own company uh, where there actually is very limited of that space for me. And it's a lot of me holding that space. Uh, Hence why Mm -hmm. those do not work out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would say with this Aries guy now is where it actually, even more so than with my Virgo, feels like my feelings are not a burden, feels like there's actual genuine care and desire to have space and to understand my feelings, which, as you said, go a little deep. Um, there's a lot there. <laughs> but yes. where where he feels like uh, he has the patience in that. And he's the first Aries I've really ever interacted with that I know of. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Also, quick question. Did you know that you were born during a Mercury retrograde? Oh, girl, I was wanting to get into that. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) I don't even understand what retrograde means, that it's going backwards. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to sound very educated (laughs) right now. But that Mercury in retrograde is like shit's hitting the fan. And I know that that's not the reality of it. Like, 
the small amount of reading I've done, like sometimes it's a space for like communication and like rejuvenation, but I was born during one. I did not know that. Yeah. You were born during a mercury retrograde in cancer, which is what we're moving through right now too. So, um, so this is a special birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're right. Retrograde means it's going backwards. It's not, plants aren't actually moving backwards, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a illusion, excuse me, an illusion basically based off of like our relative orbits and all of that without getting too much into it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, they look like they're moving backwards and Mercury retrogrades the most often out of all the planets, um, happens Mm -hmm. three times a year, sometimes four. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, I mean, to be born during a retrograde, I, my sister also was born during Mercury retrograde in Cancer. Um, and is she a Cancer too? She's a Gemini. But okay. My mom's yeah. a Gemini. Um, but yeah, I think to be born during a Mercury retrograde, there's, it basically kind of like internalizes a lot of Mercury significations, which is writing and speaking, communication. Um, it's also kind of about like perception. Like I think of Mercury as, um, as being, you know, kind of like your antennas and how you're mm-hmm. perceiving of things and then taking that in and then transmuting it back out. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's kind of like a, a pulling in of all of that and like a internalization of a lot of that. So, um, like memories, memories oh. are huge and like being yeah. able to just like take your time to like kind of go back into memories, deep nostalgia, like yeah. all of that. It's very like Mercury retrograde in cancer. <laughs> yeah, no. And I've read like more recently that like cancers are in addition to being like sensitive and emotional are also super nostalgic. And I'm like, I can't even tell you how many nights I literally, I just go through old photos. I just, I'm like, I spend so much time thinking about past memories and looking back at things. And even like in present time, when I take a picture, I'm always like, for the memories, like we need to capture the memories. (laughs) Like I'm so, I I will repeatedly replay memories over and over in my Mm -hmm. head. And I don't think it's like a... At least I try to not be like I'm holding on to the past, right? But like I try to look back at it and I mean also understand sometimes we we romanticize and sometimes we, uh, you know, not demonize but like uh, catastrophize the past. Uh, so I try to look back at it and like look at different perspectives and and also replay out had things gone differently. But yeah, I spend like. I'm such a memory nostalgia kind of person. So that yeah. makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And Mercury and Cancer, it's like the way that you communicate is through care and through like caretaking and nurturing. And um, Mercury and Cancers are like, I just, they have the sweetest voices <laughs> too. Like they're like Mercury Cancer just is has this way of speaking and communicating that is just very like, lovely and caring sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah well all of it's all of it's ruled by your Aries moon so yes sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah dang yeah. I was born in a mercury retrograde and it's one right now yeah mm-hmm. oh man it ends next 
next Sunday, I think. Yeah, on the 12th. So, like, what, if anything, would you say, given all of this, would be an emphasis for my birthday or something for, like, me to reflect on or be more aware of or even just consider for the next year of my life? <laughs> this is, like, my favorite thing to do when it comes to astrology. I'm, I'm very much, like, a predictive astrology astrologer and I like to look forward amazing um, then maybe next year we'll have to have you back on and be like okay yeah how did this yeah. year go? <laughs> yes um yeah so you're turning 27 mm-hmm. right yeah 27 is a really big year that's it's a, how I it's feel. a really yeah it's a big year it's a huge turning point sort of year mm-hmm. um i call it the homecoming year um Girl, you've been spying on me or something? I literally was just saying this to my girlfriend, Vanessa, that it felt like a homecoming, that I felt like I, at this point, I I keep repeating this. I'm like, I'm not fucking around no more. I'm like, really? This is like, I'm grown. Like I'm entering my late 20s and it's not like a, oh, what was me? Oh my God, I'm getting another year older. It's like, your girl is really coming through right now like Mm -hmm. and it feels exciting it feels like this is like the most authentic me and I just feel grown as fuck right now yeah yeah it's it's a big year because I mean a lot of like karmic or faded events tend to occur at 27 as well um that's because something called the or it's called the um nodal reversal which we don't have to get into but Hmm. um yeah, there's that. There's an emphasis on home and family as well. And also just like returning back to your roots, rediscovering your roots. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, not say this is going to happen to you, but a very common theme is like people move back home or mm-hmm. they move back to where they come from um, to kind of like, I think the overall theme is like you have to reroute mm-hmm. in order to like figure out where to go next. Like there's almost like a pivot that happens mm-hmm. at 27. Um, and there's this, this need to kind of like come back to where you came from in order to like, then Mm. move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say that's a big theme. I would also say I'm, I'm like really interested about your love life because there's a lot kind of (laughs) happening for you. We can get into that. I'm open to that. I could use all the help. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so this, I don't know if you, you know, if you knew this, but there was a Venus retrograde over the past two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just ended. And it basically, that ended what, a couple of days ago um, or maybe sometime last week, but Venus stations direct. So like where it stops in the sky to like move forward again was exactly where Venus was when you were born. So this is kind of like a super <laughs> emphasis on your Venus which is the planet that rules your seventh house of relationships and partnerships. So, um, yeah, I'm curious, like, Dang. what's been going on with you? Because not only that, there's some stuff kind of coming up in August, too, that I'm, like, wondering how, how that's going to play out. So, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, in, like, September to January saw Aries man, Toronto, Toronto guy. Um, 
And it started off as just like sexcation. It's just like, yeah, like we just, we were so drawn to each other when we first met. Like it was, I literally was like, I can't look at you. I can't look at you. <laughs> um, and he was just the most caring, like just sweetest. I felt so safe with him. And I was just like, oh shit, this is not just sexcation. Um, but long distance. So all of that. Uh, in like January, February, we were going to have another visit and then just had a really honest conversation about what we wanted going forward and how we could see things playing out for the two of us. And it kind of just came down to like distance really. And feeling like, you know, neither one of us were in a place to uproot our lives. And for me, I was like, I don't really want to invest financially and emotionally into this and continue if neither one of us like sees us, you know, blending our lives at some point or putting in the effort for that. And so we just agreed, you know, we'll see each other like conveniently. Whenever I'm in Toronto, we'll get together. Whenever he's like in Vancouver, Seattle, we'll get together. Um, And then... You know, we've kind of kept in contact brief, like lightly. And then a few weeks ago, he like wanted me to come visit. And this is like whatever Venus is doing. Um, And I was like, well, my ass ain't getting on a plane to go nowhere. So (laughs) I was like, if you want to come to Seattle, sure. Not really thinking he would do it. Um, And then he, I said, if you get tested then you can come and like show me your results and everything. And like within three hours, he went and got tested, booked a flight and was like, I'm coming. And I was like, uh, I was like, I didn't. I love Aries man. I love Aries (laughs) Yeah. I was like, um, I didn't actually think you were going to do that. I was like super busy with work stuff. Like it just all happened so quick. And then within three days he was fucking here. And, uh, Then when he was here, it was kind of like, we really didn't talk about this before he came as to like, is, is, this is not out of convenience. Like you literally just risked your life and flew out here and spent all this money to come out here. So like, this is not out of convenience. And he already has a fuck buddy in Toronto. So I was like, you don't need this. You got like, Mm -hmm. you're good. Um, so it was conversation of like, you know, missing each other and you know it just it feels so natural and feels so right when we are with each other and you know he brought up like if I wanted to see him again and I'm like don't be asking me if I want to see you again you already know like you need to figure out why you want to see me again and Mm -hmm. this is where I felt like in this phase of my life I'm like yeah, I'm not fucking around no more. Like, I'm not going to have to question if someone wants to be with me. I'm not going to, like, play any kind of games. And he uh, he basically said if we were in the same place that he would want to date me. And I was like, well, that's new information. <laughs> and that then basically, this you said August, girl. <laughs> I'm like, didn't know I was going to share all this, but we'll see. Um, that... Yeah, I guess by the end of today, I'll find out if his work requires, like, if they're going to open up soon, then he'll stay. But he said if his work is not opening up, that he would want to come and be out here for, like, a month or two and, like, see how we really work together, like, on an actual day-to-day. And then I kind of asked, like, well, if work is resumed then do you not 
see yourself putting in the effort or having the desire to want to date me to get in that position. Because if dating me is is contingent contingent on your work, then I don't think you like me enough. And I don't want to be with someone who only wants to be with me out of convenience, like in a deep emotional way. So that's kind of that. I'll find out today if um, if he's going to have to go back to work or not. Um, but yeah, potentially August, some things would be happening. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. That was a lot, that was a lot of information. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. I, I can just see August. Um, I mean, it's really all of July and all of August and all of September, but it, it, like, I feel like the main kind of moment happens in August, um, where things like something having to do with relationships is, is going to switch gears or just, yeah, <laughs> something's going to change. I'll say that. And it's, it's a pretty profound moment. It seems like. Am I going to get pregnant? What's happening? I'm scared. I don't think it's, I think it's that. <laughs> I yeah, no, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like that. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I've certainly been very. So he's the only person I've had sex with. Um, I hadn't had sex since January, and then he came of two weeks ago, a week ago. I don't remember. Um, and so he's the only person I've been with, like literally since September. Um, and so I've, for the most part, still been pretty single. And I don't, it, the only change I would see was that I, is that I would potentially no longer be single. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. I'm just going to say that it's definitely possible. Um, and are Aries yeah, I mean, and Cancer like actually compatible? So, yes and no. I I think there's way more to it than just looking at like mm-hmm. your two sun signs, basically. Um, for you, I think Aries is compatible. Um, again, like it would be great to know his chart too, but just I mean, in his, general, I know his birthday. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, I can't do it without consent. I'll just say that. But um, yes. But the fact that you have an Aries moon, I think really just like automatically makes you more compatible with an Aries because like a sun moon compatibility is really lovely. It kind of, Mm -hmm. um, it shows like a certain level of comfort and familiarity with Mm -hmm. one another. Um, because that's like, that's like who you are on the inside is an Aries and like him and his essential being is an Aries and, um, yeah, there is like this really lovely, like, you know, compatibility that goes in with that. And I think also it probably not like you won't hear this online, but I think Scorpio and Aries has a, have a very, um, I wouldn't say they're super compatible, but they share the same ruling planet. They're both ruled by Mars. Mm. And so I think, yeah, there is this sort of like familiarity between Scorpio and Aries. It's Mars in two different ways. Like, Mars in Aries is more, which by the way, Mars is in Aries right now. And it's also like on top of your moon. So if you're feeling a little bit like your body is a little bit, a little extra inflamed or you have a lot of extra energy, um, or if your digestion's weird over the next couple of days, Hmm. it'll pass. Just, I just wanted to put that out there for you. Yeah. Um. My, My vocal cords are like, have literally been strained the last 
week and a half, which is like because of bachelor stuff. Um, but mm. yeah, no, my throat has like literally, I've like had to force myself to not talk because I'm like, my throat is not good. Yeah. <laughs> Mar- Mars makes things extra dry and like overheated. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I would just take it easy and do like extra, extra hydration. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Scorpio and Aries have like Scorpio is, or I should say Aries is more of like the daytime Mars, like the daytime warrior that has to be like on the front lines and very Mm -hmm. instinctual. Hmm. And then Scorpio is more of like the nighttime warrior, which is like a ninja basically and has to be a little bit more secretive and cunning. So they're Hmm. both warriors, but there's just like different, different types of warriors. Hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I, I do think Aries is compatible with you. When I'm looking at compatibility on a chart, I'm really looking at what sign is on a seventh house, which for you is Taurus. And that's with and then, seventh house is with relationships or you said that was ninth? Yeah. Seventh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seventh is relationships. And so, yeah, you have Taurus in your seventh house. Um, and then that's ruled by your Venus in Gemini. So there is this like Gemini sort of like, I think with Venus and Gemini, you need to be intellectually stimulated. Like Mm -hmm. you need to be given, like to be given options and choices within, um, a relationship dynamic is like what turns you on basically. Yeah. Um, And we both, we're (laughs) both like, we would want more of a monogamish type of relationship. Uh, so like we're on the same page with that, which, yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. That's yeah. a great thing to be on the same We're page We're both on that. Like, he actually likes cats. I'm like, where you been? He's vegan. I'm like, wait, what? He doesn't drink. I'm like, oh my God. He's got a great dick. I'm like, how is this all existing in one human? <laughs> anyway. I mean, yeah. It's what, we all, it's what we all hope for and wish for. And you seem to have snagged that. Yeah. We'll I see mean, come August, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think August is going to, yeah, you'll start to, um, things will start to kind of become more clear. Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. One way or the other, I suppose. But I, I mean, you don't see yourself moving at all. At, like, so, next- um, he and I have had a lot of conversations about this because, uh, I would like to move to Canada at some point. Like I would like to have dual citizenship. Um, and I would That's definitely, yeah. <laughs> and I would definitely <laughs> like to live, um, like in Vancouver area, not like probably outside of Vancouver. Cause I'm not a huge fan of like the actual Vancouver community. I don't know. I just didn't vibe with the mm-hmm. community. Um, but I, I love Canada and he lives in Toronto and I don't really see myself living in Toronto. Um, but I do know that he, he's someone who, uh, again, I guess this is part of him being an Aries can be a bit spontaneous. Like he lived in, uh, South Asia for like three months and he just, I know that, you know, work dependent, um, he, he would be interested in living other places. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, with me in December was his first time in LA. When I first met him, he was saying, you know, he'd like to live in the States and get a work visa. And um, I I do think I would be open to moving if it really was right. But back in February when we talked, it wasn't like we wanted 
it wasn't like, like he was not in the place of wanting to commit to consistency for me to even consider. Yeah, I right. sure. Like we talked about like him moving here or me moving there. And frankly, I think it was just too early on. Um, mm-hmm. And this last visit that we had, I know for him, he said it was like reaffirming of a lot of things and um, acknowledged that like I was a really big part of his life from September to January. And I was like, really? And it was like, yeah, like you knew my friends and like, yeah, you were a big part of my life. Um, That's really sweet. Uh, yeah. But I find, yeah. I find he's not... I mean, granted, I'm just very open with all my feelings in general, but I find that I think it was slightly difficult for him to express that, but he definitely did it in other ways. Like he wrote me, he would write me like little notes, which is like my favorite. And he like got me a little journal and like this little cat thing. And I was just like, you're like, I feel like you're my boo, but you're not. So don't fuck with my head. I was like, stop (laughs) acting like this. It's so great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I... I just, that's like a prediction, I guess I could have for you is that, um, it looks like it might be likely before this time next year that you make a move. I'll just say that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely open to it. I used to be like very set on Seattle. And when you talk about coming home and like revisiting that, like moving in with parents kind of thing or something like coming back to Seattle for me in 2015 was totally that. And in my last relationship off of the show, um, he moved to New York and I was here in Seattle and I was still living with my parents at the time. And my stepdad had also like just died and came back to life. And then my cat was dying and it was a whole thing. And so I was like, I think I need to be in Seattle. And like my chosen family is here and, and, uh, it was a five-year-old and a two-year-old that I'm like basically their bigger sister. And I'm like, I need to be here, like to see them grow and like be a part of their lives. And so Seattle for me has like served so many things and living in this, this apartment, this is like my first place I've ever had. That's only mine that like wasn't with a partner wasn't with a roommate wasn't with family like nothing is just mine um has felt like a homecoming into myself um and I mean now I definitely feel like Seattle has served that purpose for me and that's kind of what I talked to him about in January where I was like I'm open to not having to be in Seattle but I want to make sure that like that that feels right for me and that person and we're both equally committed in that so We'll see this time next year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This definitely was not as scary as I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> yes. Um, Scorpio, Scorpio Risings, like, don't really love to be read, I think, because they're like, oh, how much are you going to see? Yeah. <laughs> How much are you going to like unveil of this deep lake, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Um, No, this was like very insightful. And now I'm like, I'm excited, but I'm also like, I got to check myself because like I want to protect my heart. So I'm like, I'm excited, but also like chill, Taylor, like just wait, like... (laughs) Um, but you do so many things. You do readings. Um, you have the, uh, deep seekers virtual astrology meetup, um, which I'm assuming is like for people probably like myself who want to learn more and, um, educate themselves. I'm guessing that that's what that is. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you do all kinds of like astrology and tarot readings. Um, would love, love, love for you to share just a little bit about where people can find you, how they can book a reading with you, um, any other kind of resources that you'd, you'd want to share for people. Awesome. Yeah. Um, my website is theastrology.com. I'm at the astrology on Instagram, the astrology underscore on Twitter. Um, and let's see, I'm speaking at a conference this upcoming weekend yes. called the Queer Astrology Conference. I saw that. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing um, a lecture called How to Survive Your 20s Using mm. Astrology. Um, so that should be cool. And that's like a really, it's going to be a really amazing virtual conference and mm-hmm. like entry sliding scale and it's pretty cheap and you get all the recordings and there's just, there's a lot of great speakers and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, and what else? I Your mean, book. I offer, yeah. Oh yeah. I have a book. <laughs> I have a book. Um, it's called Pisces. It's, it's a, yeah, there was a series. Um, you can, I did the Pisces ones and you can find that one on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah, I do astrology readings. I do readings with options at tarot. Um, I offer sliding scale readings for, um, queer and trans black indigenous people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do electional astrology too, which is like picking a date to do something. So like, getting married or you like want a good day to get a tattoo or like Hmm. I don't know launch your business like I can help you pick a good day astrologically to do that um yeah that's so cool (laughs) that's so cool Okay. I'm going to keep that in mind. (laughs) Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely include all the links for that, um, in the episode notes for people to check out and thank you so, so, so much for your time and your knowledge. I super appreciate it. Yeah. Happy birthday. I'm excited for you. Thank you. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right? And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.